Alrighty. So welcome. Welcome to Thursday. Happy Singles Day to all the singles out there. Today's Singles Day? What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, I keep getting promotional emails that I get 11% off as a single person. Okay. Because it's 11111. Oh, oh, okay. Ah, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month uh, when the armistice was signed. What? To end the First World War. It's the 102nd oh, well, anniversary. Salute to well, all the troops. Now we just get 11% off of things because everyone's alone. Now, yeah, now you get some gig economy offer on Tinder or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I learned about a new app called Steamer, which... <laughs> what? It's that not terrible. It's not I, for I straights. Like it's for gays. And uh, apparently it's uh, expert level only is the comment that I read. Expert level only, definitely be on prep. Oh. I was hoping maybe you knew about it, but apparently no, not. No, no. I don't know things about... No. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> expert level only? I don't even... I don't... It was a comment on Reddit. So the the initial Reddit post was, um, "Hey, uh, just a straight guy looking to turn gay. How does a how does a guy meet another guy?" <sighs> and uh, there was a very helpful comment that was a list of about ten apps, and it listed them by uh, what uh, degree of expertise you needed, what degree of gay expertise. And just suck a dick and find <laughs> out, dude. Like what? That's the what f- everybody. I... That's what everybody said. If you're even asking, you're not straight. <laughs> that's a dan savage special like if you have to ask well uh-huh. oh, are you feeling better do you want to share the lovely the good news with the people ah uh, well here's the thing everybody welcome to green and lewis on this veterans day i guess tomorrow is singles day when you'll be hearing this so uh mazel no today is singles day today is also veterans day well, well now we're just getting all of our most veterans are single because yeah. you know they have the ptsd and you know uh, most veterans m- marry a chunky five and uh, move somewhere near Fort H- Fort Hood in Texas. But then they also do the thing of like, oh, my God, babe, you're pregnant again? I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm five months pregnant. You've been deployed for two years. Oh, my God, I can't wait to see my baby. It's hard to cover up when they're black, though. I mean, I don't. Who knows at this point? At this point, I just go, OK, all right, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, salute. I, to I the hope troops. it's a meme, but I think it's actually true. <laughs> anyway, um. uh, so yeah, here's the deal, everybody. Um, I'm in a COVID house now. Ron has COVID. That is a hundred percent for sure. And you can probably tell by the slight scratch in my voice. I likely have COVID too. I got tested Ooh. yesterday, and I'll get my results either tomorrow or Friday. You didn't get the rapid test? No, the rapid test was $250, and as you know, I don't have insurance. So, uh, since we live in a dog shit country, I've been walking around. It's not free? No. The only free one is this one at CVS, and it takes two to three days to get your results back. So, that's what I'm waiting on. I am having very mixed feelings about this today, Will, because I felt really good all day, and I thought, maybe I don't Mm -hmm. have it, you know? Maybe I just got myself all psyched up because I've been in the same house as Ron, and maybe I don't have it. But right as right before we started recording, I started to feel like, oh shit, I feel bad again. So hopefully we can survive. Could this also podcast, just be a cold. I you think it would be an incredible coincidence if I merely had a cold and I didn't start to get symptoms till after Ron got coronavirus. That yeah, that would be know. an incredible coincidence. I'm not ruling it out, but. I 
I don't know. That would be shocking. I mean, I don't know much about like, cause like you know how when you get like a little a little mild cold, you're like, oh, I feel sniffly at night. You know, where you're yeah, just sure. like, uh, I'm fine during the day, and then just like, as soon as the sun sets, like, that's a thing. Right. Well. I have to tell you, if it does turn out to be coronavirus, there is nothing to fear for young people. Because honestly, if I didn't know what it was, and it turns out that I have it, I would still be going to work. I would still be living my normal life. This doesn't feel anything like the flu to me. You know, fingers crossed I don't, like, go downhill, but I don't feel bad at all. I have a sore throat, I have a bit of a cough, and I've been a little fatigued for two, three days, just sleeping a lot. Mm. But uh, it ain't shit so far. I mean, now Ron, on the other hand... He's had it for the better part of a week already, and I thought he was oh. starting to turn the corner on it, but uh, poor, poor guy is having a bad day today. And I don't know. So it comes in waves, so that might hit me coming up in a few days here. I have no idea. A lot of the coughing and the hacking. He's also old. Well, the old thing people. is, uh, the symptoms are hitting us both differently, again, assuming I have it. Uh, he isn't coughing at all and doesn't really have a sore throat. He is just incredibly, incredibly tired and keeps falling asleep and can't get up oh. and doesn't have a lot of bodily strength. Um, headaches for him are worse than headaches for me. So we'll see. I don't know. That sounds more fluy than... For sure, yeah. That sounds like a flu moment, yeah. I don't have flu-like symptoms at all, but like I said, I said this to my dad earlier today. I was like, well, you know, I already sleep 10 hours a day, so it's sort of hard for me to know. Whether I'm fatigued or whether I'm depressed, it's probably just both. It could be a combo. Yeah. <laughs> so That's just a fun combo. It's a number five. The, the other, you, th- Did you get the Sprite or the Pepsi? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the other thing that was uh, unfortunate is that the, the day I found out that Ron had tested positive for COVID, I had just come back from staying over at my friend's house where we had had a campfire the night before and I had smoked a half a pack of cigarettes. So I have no idea if I just have a cough from smoking like 25 cigarettes in a row or, well, you know, that could be, I have no, I have no clue, but you know, I've been taking it easy since then and it hasn't gone away. So that would be unusual, I think as well. Yeah. that w- uh, Well, mm, no, that's like a three day linger. Right. Which I'm right this on would the, be the fourth. Uh, day, this is yeah. the fourth day. I should be over it by now. And also like, I've kind of been doing that every weekend. Because this is something to report. I don't think I've mentioned this to you. There is a very anti-Jewel backlash around these parts. So, you know, I've been on the Jewel now a few years, and I love it. But my friends here, who all got on the Jewel around the same time I did a couple years ago, have since dropped it and have gone back to smoking cigarettes. So everybody here smokes. Nobody Jewels. Oh. And the reason for that is... They have a lot more self-restraint than I have. And they were like, hey, man, I was sitting around all day inside puffing on Juul. I was getting more nicotine than I ever had in my life. And I realized, like, fuck it. I'm better off just smoking three or four cigarettes a day and a bunch on the weekend than I am constant nicotine intake all the time. So they're all back yeah, on the smoke. true. So for the first well, time in years, the last couple weekends, I've been buying packs of cigarettes and basically smoking them all in two days. Ugh. That's bad. Yeah, because like, I, I feel like spun out after I have three, and I'm like, oh, well, my problem is, is I have the jewel mindset still, you know? So if we're sitting around outside a campfire, I mean, I just don't put the cigarettes down. My yeah, nicotine well, has you gotten... Never did anyway, but... I guess not. That's true. Think of the rollies. Yes, but this is different because these are not rollies. They're not an unlimited supply, and I am That's finding true. myself still burning through them. I don't know. Hmm. 
it won't be news to anybody that listens to this that my nicotine addiction is bad. But no, this really no. sealed it for me where all my friends are like, yeah, hey, man, the jewel is actually pretty shitty. You shouldn't do that anymore. But I mean, I'm smoking one that is flavored like a cucumber. They brought back the flavored pods in Nanny State, New York? I mean, brought back, was found in a warehouse. I don't know. Wow, I, I miss those. They were those, there, man. and I went, can I have that? I would like to try that. I miss those big time. The cucumber ones are fucking delicious. I don't know. I don't think my body likes it, because I've been reacting violently all day. But that could have been the bottle of wine and uh, two Arctic chills I had last night. Mm, Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, ooh, ooh, smoking a salad is not great. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's more like a um, treat. You don't want to have to do that all day. You should get another no, pod to like to swap out so that you you know when you're really just doing it habitually, you have the one you're used to, and when you want a treat, you get the treat out. Yeah. Also, the flavor goes away, and then you're just like, oh, it's just taste artificial. Like yeah, the artificial yeah. taste of like uh like a green apple flavor. But not so appley. This is riveting conversation for all of our listeners, I'm sure. I know. But what happens with the Jewel Pods in general is that the flavored stuff comes out and all you're left with is that propylene glycol or whatever they like. Mm, uh, Yummy. Whatever the agent is for the flavor. And that thing is basically just sweet vegetable oil. So when a Jewel Pod like kind of gets near the end, you'll notice that you're just smoking like sugar flavor and like the residue of whatever was there before. That's why. I don't know why, yeah. but the the fl- the flavor stuff and the nicotine sucks out of it before all the vehicle. You know, speaking of potent potables, pour one out for a real one. Oh yeah, that was sad, right? Trebek, pour one out. Oof, that was like everyone was like so Saturday. Everyone was like, "Yay, we won!" And then it was just like, "Oh, Alex Trebek died." Oh, yeah. Oh, you gotta take. You gotta like trade off like good things in the world you know yep. like w- it's a one in one out moment totally. where you're like nope well you get this well we got to take away Alex Trebek and you're like no but why, why that one and again Betty White's just in a castle somewhere laughing going <laughs> unbelievable I still am alive yeah that bitch unbelievable but yeah, it's one of the great ironies, I think, because Trebek is Canadian. But I was thinking when he died that he's one of the last great Americans. Like, I think he, you know, he's a trusted institution in this country. No matter what your politics are, no matter what your personal feelings about anything are, I don't think anybody disliked Alex Trebek. And he was a particular hero of mine, and I think probably of yours, because he was able to be smug and condescending to nerds without seeming mean. He got a little mean towards the end. He's like... Like, where he would just be short of calling someone a loser to their face. They're a loser, but folks. he would do it with silence. Yeah, he would do it. He would do the loser with the silence of just turning to camera and breaking fourth wall, just like they just said that, and we're moving on. Well, and that's the thing. He he was always able to do it with a lot of class, which I liked about the guy, and I respected. And I and I don't know if you read the uh, New York Times obituary of his, but uh, apparently in the last couple seasons, he was in excruciating pain and like hiding it until they would cut away and then he would run to his dressing room and like scream into a pillow. Oh. And then come back. So if, you know, if 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 with that level of uh tribulation, he was able to constrain that to just sideways glances of uh condescension, I I I think he's a true hero for that, so. I again, 
can we talk about the joy that is screaming into soft products when you're in pain, whether physically or psychically? It works. It's the greatest placebo for anything. Find something soft, scream into it, go do your job. Oh, yeah. Saying it for years. For years. It's very he- it's very healthy, I think so. <clears throat> it's not, but, you know, you know, you got a show to do. You got a show to put on, questions to ask, uh, potpourri to... Well, that was a that was a category, right? Potpourri, where it was just a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, I can't remember if that was a real category or just one of the SNL Jeopardy categories. But I, sometimes yeah, can't you can't remember. tell the difference, and really, there isn't one. So, swords for four hundred. Oh, speaking of which, also Sean Connery, pour one out for him. That's a real I mean, yin and yang situation. <laughs> that was kind of beautiful. The poetry <laughs> of this is actually really beautiful. I'm not mad at it. It's like ah, they'll just be doing that in the afterlife forever well the best thing about it we went out at the same time Hmm. it's so funny that that happened because it's a fake rivalry to begin with like really what everybody is waiting for is uh daryl hammond and will ferrell to die yes i mean daryl hammond is probably going to go out any day now because he's like a bloated motherfucker but like you know will ferrell I don't think we'll ever die. I feel like he would be the first person to be like, yeah, put my head in a, a jar, like Futurama style. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe. There's a, a certain level of like, no, I can, can just make keep making stupid movies forever. Please use my hologram body to do like ice skating song time 3000 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Blades of Glory 5. Oh, I was thinking of the, not I want to call it World Star, but what's the what's that world singing competition? Eurostar. Oh, Eurovision. Oh, Eurovision. Eurostar, World Star. I don't know. You know, I learned a fun fact the other day about Eurovision while I've been re isolated in my quarantine. Mm -hmm. I I was watching YouTube videos about the micro state of San Marino. And uh, one of San Marino's greatest. San Marino, California? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, San Marino in Italy. It's its own oh, nation. San though. Marino. San Marino. Yeah. Uh, one oh, of the... where the sheep come from for my sweaters. Is that right? Yeah, Marino wool, baby. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's sort of like a, a mountainous little region up there. Some some remnant of the Roman Empire left over from forever ago. Uh, okay. But one of their only and greatest uh, recent cultural achievements was uh, having a San Marinese winner of Eurovision. That's their names san marinese san marinese is what you call people from san marino yeah it sounds like a that dog like right? it sounds like yeah, a saint sounds bernard like something you with a leave flask off of like around its collar a pie or something san marinese no 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 or a good like font san right. marinese yeah it seems like okay. a it seems like a blowtorch crisped um fluffy icing what you know like on a baked alaska or something like i'm imagining a marinese would look like that that or some sort of pasta sauce yeah, I'm thinking more of like a sauce situation. You're like, no, without, please. Or an egg-based like thing, egg. like a hollandaise, marinaise. It's the vegan mayonnaise. version of hollandaise. Ooh. <laughs> what would that even be? That's just butter. Isn't hollandaise sauce like and raw, lemon raw eggs and butter? Or lemon juice? I don't know. I don't know how to... It's too hard to make, so I can never un- quite understand, but... I think it's like yolks and something. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty much just whipped up yolks and like oil or butter. Perhaps. I, I 
too difficult. Too much work. Anyway, not doing it ever. What the fuck were we talking about? I feel like my San Marino jag was not worth it. Oh, we were talking about Eurovision and putting it, uh, Will Ferrell's head in a cup forever. Oh, right. Um, you know, because as like, well, as he and Adam Sandler on, like, are going to be the guys that just make comedy movies for Netflix forever that are about fart jokes. Yeah, and it'll never end. It will never end. Um, is there? Have you watched uh, Emily in Paris that people are talking about, and I have no reason to watch it. No, I only know that people are talking about it. I have no idea what it's about, nor will I probably ever watch it. All I know is the premise is like the person who's supposed to go to Paris gets pregnant so she can't go to Paris and live her best life because pregnant women can't do things. And I was oh, like, yeah. huh. So this is a movie being made in, t- or movie, a TV show being made in 2020. It's very, uh, very woke there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it is actually, if you really think about it, it's a very girl boss message that like, no, I don't need a family or need a man. In fact, those inhibit me. <sighs> but what it's about, all very consistent about, when you dig down on it what about the chick who's barefoot and pregnant in america going i missed my opportunity i could have had it all it's like you know i thought we wanted to like liz lemon and have you know a work family life that's all thriving on all all cylinders well yeah i mean it depends once you hit six figures and you can get a couple of nannies in there a couple of consuelos then it's fine then you can have as many kids as you want because you don't really have to raise them you need a nanny and a personal assistant, and you're fine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or sometimes both. Sometimes the nanny is also the house cleaner, and I'm like, Ooh, maybe no, no, that seems like a lot. That's a big ask. Ooh, in this economy? I don't know. You know, I know somebody I, that got botulism by cleaning their uh, their tub drain. What? That's why you got to wear gloves when you're cleaning things, kids. And also a face mask, preferably. What? Yeah, because it, you know, there's just dead skin and like and like matter sitting down there in those drains and it just festers and it turns into botulism like in the same sense that like rotted canned goods can do that uh against the metal of the pipe and the bacteria of all your decaying skin and it you know, she was cleaning her tub and she didn't even know it, know it. It wasn't perceptible like a bunch of it shot up in her face or something, but she just inhaled the botulism from cleaning her tub and she was sick for weeks. This was recently during corona botulism though yeah i mean like i don't think do it your fully metastasized botulism, though? no i don't think it fully metastasized into like a real serious problem it just manifested itself as like sickness and then luckily because it's covid right now she went to the hospital and was like what's going on and they were like oh you have botulism but it's not a big deal just take these like antibacterial medications and you'll be fine she was but you know if that was me and it wasn't coronavirus, and I just got randomly nauseous after cleaning, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I'd have full-fledged fucking gangrene by now. I don't think you get gangrene. Or whatever, you, just you know? Keel over. Yeah, you might. Pretty I, don't sh- I don't know. I actually don't know how any of that works. Um, also, I, mm, I kind of don't believe that's how you get it. Pipes give you botulism? Yeah, Pipes. they wouldn't can. Wouldn't we all have it all the time, then? Well, no. It's, I mean, no. I mean, how often are you really, like, deep cleaning anything, A? And B, like, you don't always get your face close to the pipes. It's not like, it It just happens accidentally. It just happens sometimes, you hmm. know? Yeah, that's like arm distance away. How are you getting leverage if you're up in the pipe hole? I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, that I, I, I mean. <laughs> you're, you're very fixated on whether that, this is so. practical or not when it very obviously is. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know, I realized the other day. That uh, I think that the the distance of our virtual setup has prevented me from being mean to you. 
I don't see you every day anymore. So I, I feel compelled to be nice when we're on the phone. But I'm cranky, and I've decided I don't want to do that anymore. Oh, you were very cranky yesterday when I was like, yeah, 8.30 sounds great. Well, yeah, I thought like, you were no, being I fucking need to know. rude, I need dude. to know now. You I'm were like, being okay. extremely rude and dismissive of me. I won't I won't hear this. I have been in a fucking house with my father that has coronavirus, and I fucking likely have coronavirus, and you're giving me the runaround about recording times. Can't just respond to a goddamn text message. I, I've, I think the listeners will back me up here that that is very rude when I'm under hey, distress. Listeners. Hey, listeners. Guess where I was while while this text message was happening. Yeah, if you bet, if you guessed at work, correct. So I can't look at my phone or respond immediately to get a double text to be like, please confirm time. I'm like, I'm like, what? I why am I getting okay? The thing is, well, n- everyone knows that you don't check your phone while you're at work, but that is you got to cop to the to the. Uh, ultimate thing which is that that is just a personal choice nobody has a job where they can't take two seconds to type 830 question mark into their phone everybody can do that and i know that you can see the phone and i know that you're just ignoring it i would get it if it was something frivolous if it was like hey uh you want to do something later or hey do you have you ever read this book like i get it when you ignore things like that but when someone's trying to schedule something with you you should just respond to them immediately and i know that you can do it I know that that's a fucking bullshit lie. Was I talking to a customer in front of me? Yes, that's why I could not step away to do that. I was like, okay, I'm present with someone. I need I need their money out of their hands. And I can step away. And I took, it was two minutes, two whole minutes. Again, having a, having a mercantile conversation uh, where I was peddling my goods, uh, trying to get a couple shekels in my pockets. Um, Listeners, if it was two minutes, I wouldn't have had to text him three times to get a reply. Let's just lay that down right now. Hold, please. Oh, he's got the receipts. He thinks he's going to be clever. Let's go. What time are you off? Please, 5.50, 5.58, please respond. Please need to know at 6.12. So that's, that's 20, 20 minutes, minutes, dude. That's 20 yeah, minutes. sometimes you have people. I got people. It was the only time I was busy at that moment. I was like, okay, I got to make some money. Okay, hold on. Um. I try to be understanding about things like that, but you realize that I had things to tend to, you know? And I, you know, not everyone has 20 minutes to wait. And if you're going to need 20 minutes, all you have to say the first time when you respond is, hey, I'm about to be busy. I'll get back to you later. Mm. But you can't just ignore and be rude and dismissive. No, I responded to the first thing and then promptly was like, ooh, got to not look at this for 20 minutes, as one does. Um, cause I didn't, I also couldn't feel my phone buzzing cause I was wearing big pants. So it was kind of hard. Um, you know, anyway, so I capitulated, I said, okay, we'll do tomorrow. It's like, it's fine. It's okay. I'm in no rush. It's fine. Well, yeah, because so I also know how it goes with you where I'm like, what time are you getting off? And you're like, I don't know. It's not that busy. I should be getting off at 730. And I'm like, okay, so that means he'll be home at 830, which actually means nine, which actually means 930. And oh, now that once we I, once I was got the green light to do today, I was like, okay, I can stay till nine nitpick for like two hours. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, I don't even know how many times it's happened in the past where like, yeah, you should, yeah, I'll get off soon, and then it's five hours later. Yeah. <laughs> so I I can't take those kind of chances with you. But thank you. I'm glad that you capitulated to our new recording time. But anyway, mm-hmm. long story short, that was just to say I'm 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 no longer yeah I'm no longer feeling nice. I'm feeling cranky. I'm pissed off mm-hmm. that I have to be in quarantine again. 
I'm pissed off that I have fucking coronavirus. I'm pissed Wait, off at this come world from? and all yeah, my where life Where did the choices. corona come from? Uh, my dad got it from his girlfriend's kid. This is the problem. You can't have a child in the bubble. You understand? No. They're sticky and they touch everything. Well, she's not even a young child. She's a senior in high school, but they're in school here. They're not doing it virtually, and she's on the volleyball team. So the whole fucking volleyball team got it. They all went to a sleepover, and then more of them got it. And then she brought it into my dad's girlfriend's house. She got it. Then my dad got it. Now I've got it. <coughs> you hear that, everyone? I'm dying. <coughs> Feel bad for me. Okay, the second one was fake. So <laughs> the first one was the only real cough. Um, I mean, why Why are the... Ch- like, it's, it's a place where people have McMansions and semi-large homes where there's at least a computer room or something. Why are they making the children go to school? Because their parents have to go back to work. That's why. Because we got to keep this whole thing rolling, you know? And and to be frank, uh, Ohio never had it as bad as the rest of the country until right now. The surge here is yeah. on at this moment worse than it was in um, March and April in New York right now. And I, I was looking at this over the last couple of days because I've had nothing better to do. But yeah, like Ohio never really built up to the point where their hospitals were being overwhelmed and stuff. Now is the very first time that that's happening here. Um, and by the way, when I found out that my dad had coronavirus and then I probably got it, we found out within days of that that my aunt has it and three of my dad's friends have it. So oh. it's really going nuts in Ohio. So it's making the rounds. Yeah, the governor of Ohio actually just tonight did a little press conference where... <laughs> He pulled a Jimmy Carter and he was like asking everyone to just behave or we'll have to shut down again. And it's like, yeah, man, that's not going to happen. And also, you're not going to shut down again. Let's be real. So we'll see. You never know. I heard that New York is kind of they're They're making all the uh, bars and restaurants and stuff close at 10 p.m. All the gyms have to close at 10. It's like slight lockdown, but not all the way. It's just go home early. I mean, I don't yeah. know who was staying out until later than 10 at this point i true I, I don't know i i haven't seen like wilding happening so i'm like who was out i mean like 10 seems fine because everything closed at 11 anyway so like oh our earlier curfew for a city okay cool you know what we do we go to bodegas we get a tall boy we get a brown bag and we walk around that's what we do right yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it, there's hardly anything to explore on this topic anymore because we've talked about it a few times. But like, it's just basically they're they're trying to not close down, but virtue signal about closing down, and that's kind of happening everywhere. Um, I don't know. I wonder if in places like Ohio and in the interior of the country getting hit hard, they might be forced to just because of hospital overwhelm. I don't think they will want to do it, but they might have to do it. Um, there's also less hospitals there. Yeah, exactly. I know. That, that's that, the problem it's it's a much people, worse problem. but you do have less resources yeah yeah but hey we got Rich. the 90 percent vaccine coming any day now right well you know this is what you know our new um our mamala and uh biden time is going to be we're all feeling good right don't we want health czar uh boston man what's his name i don't know Mormon. Ben carson romney romney okay yeah, Romney is supposed to be in charge of the uh, uh, COVID response. Oh, team Jesus. It's amazing how many Republicans they're just putting in there right off the bat. Kasich. Kasich is out there <sighs> blaming the far left again. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, we love it, I, don't we? I giggled. I was like, ooh, oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, 
I mean, I, I said to my dad as soon as that vaccine news came out, was that yesterday, Tuesday or Monday, whatever? It was it was early this week when the, that, that was announced, and I was like, come on, guys. Like, there is no way that this wasn't withheld till after the election. The timing of this is incredible. But what side does it help or hurt? I don't even know. I don't even... They, I think they would have continued to withhold this information if Trump had won. Because I ended up reading later that Pfizer was a huge donor to both sides of the political aisle during this election cycle, but 60% of their lobbying money went to the DNC. So I think they were hedging their bets 60-40, and on the 40% that Trump won, they would have held it back as long as they possibly could have. And, uh, well, turns out they got Grandpa Joe, so now they release, oh, great, we're going to have a vaccine, and don't worry, guys. Uh, the, the virus is going to go away, even if it's not. Apparently, in the vaccine, it's a two-parter, so it's like a hepatitis one, so you have to get two of them. And apparently, the second one knocks you out for 48 full hours. I'm like, that doesn't sound great. No, that, that doesn't pretty sound bad. great at all. That's going to be a real uphill climb in getting people to take that in a country that's yeah. already very suspicious of it. Also, if you have a fucking job. Oh, sorry, job. I have to be off for two days to get the vaccine. Everyone in the country. I mean, some places like the whole will be country has to, to like take it on Friday. Yeah, right. And we're all just knocked out except for the two uh, century guards uh, with the rifles for the weekend. And then everyone who doesn't work that schedule, who's like, how am I going to schedule two days in a row off? No, I mean, like, look, it's not a problem for work from home people or, uh, you know, anybody with like a normal white collar job. But it's like you work at fucking Walmart and you're going to be like, hey, man, I can't work for two days, maybe 72 hours. Not only can you probably not afford to do that, but they're not going to let you do that. They're going to say, fuck you. You get the vaccine, you're fired. So great. Good. Also, I mean, it's the biggest. It's so funny. Mike DeWine tonight said that he was like, oh, the vaccine might come as soon as December. And I laughed out loud sitting there watching this because I was like, you know, this is the biggest logistical challenge, like since World War Two, you know. This thing has to be stored at like negative 70 uh, Fahrenheit or whatever to get this distributed to 330 million people. Negative 70? Yeah, it yeah. Like it, are we all turning into Mr. Freeze? Like what is going on? Oh, that would be amazing. You get to wear the little slippers and watch the uh, VHS of your dead wife on your ice TV. Yeah, I don't know if I... Mm. <laughs> Um, no, anyway, no, they have to keep all the vaccines like uh, at a super chilled temperature so that the cultures inside don't die. So think about just transporting that to everywhere in the country. I mean, in large enough quantities. It's going to take for fucking ever. They're probably going to completely fuck it up. We don't have the infrastructure for this. People with money will get it, and people without money probably won't get it for a long time. I don't know. That's my two cents on the vaccine. I feel like a flu shot is just like they keep it like on a shelf for like a decade, and they're like, I don't know, maybe this one. And they're like, they have to blow the dust off of it or something. Like, I don't... Maybe. I think they keep a lot of vaccines uh, super chilled. The thing is, you don't need to have that many of them around all the time. You're a pediatrician. You know you have, you know, you're just like any other supply at any other company. You know about, on average, how many people you're going to have come through every month. And you get that order once a month. You never oh, need guess, more than yeah. 100 at a time. You don't need 300 million of them in m everywhere. All the stuff. True. So I, I think okay, it's gonna yeah, I fine. think it's gonna be very, very difficult to organize this, especially if uh on a federal level the Trump administration's not gonna do it. So we're waiting until February at least. And then the Biden administration's gonna be hamstrung by every you know, everything we talked about ad infinitum last week. Like there's no infrastructure for this. I don't know what they think they're gonna do. 
maybe can hmm. maybe it'll be like EpiPens, and they'll just ship one to everybody and just be like, just stab it in your leg and hope for the best. Well, once again, ship it in what? Oh, it can't be cold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, like. Yeah, they're going to have to establish sites that have it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's going to go on and on. It's not even worth thinking about because it's not, I don't think, coming soon. And even if it is, like I said, most vulnerable and richest first. The plebs like you and I, whatever. Also, by the way, hopefully I don't need it. Oh, you'll just anti- you'll just do the, oh, I, I've got antibodies now moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm telling you what, I, I actually am dreading more than anything if my resu- results come back tomorrow and I don't have it. If I just have some unrelated cold at the same time and I have to quarantine until my dad is all the way better, that pisses me off. And I didn't even get to, like, go through it. I'm not even free of this whole situation at the end. Like, that would suck. Yeah, that's true. I really just want to have it so bad. So uh, we'll see. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, you could, again, you you could have already gotten it at uh, Freeze, potentially. Yeah, possibly. I I just think that time. So maybe it's just like uh. I didn't have any symptoms until a few days after uh, Ron was confirmed with it. I just can't imagine. I can't imagine your dad Don. I did. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, daddy issues. Okay. Um. You know, folks, it's fun being on like on the couch feeling sick. You know, you got your sons taking care of you. You got your microphones falling off of tables. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Ron. I I have to say he's he's been just doing his normal thing through this because, you know, he works from home anyway. And, you know, he's got all of his projects around the house, whether it's like cutting the lawn or cleaning the fucking gutters out or washing his car or whatever. And he's been doing all of that this entire time in spite of my minor protestations of like, hey, dad, you have fucking coronavirus. Why don't you just chill out for a couple of days? He wouldn't do it. But I think he kind of learned his lesson because today was the first day he's he's sitting down all day he's not doing shit yeah because you don't need to clean gutters when you're no one can hear the sound of me holding my head in my hands of going that you don't need to not a thing you need to do when no no i don't even move if i have a cold i just go i go to work and then i sleep yeah, I mean, I, I f- I'd forgotten this about my father up until living with him again, how um, absolutely just relentless he is about, like, tasks and toil. I mean, he never stops doing things all day. I think it's also a very suburban attitude because I notice it around the neighborhood as well. Like, this, that's part and parcel of having a house in the suburbs life is you have multiple projects every day because there's always maintenance to be done on everything. And there's always preventative care to be done on everything. And I think most people are either watching the NFL or occupying their mind with toil because there literally is nothing else. Oh, well, maybe. I. They also do the thing of, like, the the Midwestern suburbia of it all is that I don't need to pay someone to do my tasks or to fix my shit. I'll fix it myself. Oh, of course. Yeah. Most the, but then there's also the other side of that where it's like, lawn. Oh no no no! I got a lawn guy. I don't no, I don't have time for that. That's gonna cut into my fun time. I I think the wealthier suburbs with McMansions have lawn guys and stuff, but even there, I don't think that that's true so much. I I really do think that that is a cosmopolitan value, uh, where people in major urban areas think of money as freedom, and they use that to pay other people so that they can I don't know 
do what? Go to go to therapy and uh, read books and run art galleries? I don't fucking know. Like, I mean, Julie always had a lawn guy. I'm like, why? Your lawn is five feet big. Like, what do you? Well, you know, think of, like, think no, of, I don't know. Think about who Julie Langsam is, like an academic tenured professor. Yes, you are a cosmopolitan person regardless of where you live. You're always going to have those internalized yeah, values. But like people that are that are working class are just like like white collar, uh, you know, like my dad, like an IT guy or like uh, some sort of bank teller or whatever. No, you you don't really have the budget for that. And even if you did, you think part of the pride of your life is your ability to do things. You also don't, that's, that's the bigger part of it is the like, Oh, this is my activity. It's like, you know how we think about like, Oh, I got to get my steps in. It's like, yeah. Oh no, I got to do my, my exercise, which is the lawn. It's like, that is actually work. True. It is. If you're not otherwise working with your body, it is the only thing that you're like, Ooh, I'm connected to the earth. And you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. Lift a box. Throw some things around. I don't know what to tell you. Stand right. on your feet for six hours. Try it. It'll be it'll be wild. Yeah, you don't necessarily, especially in my dad's case where it's like he works from home, right? So he doesn't he doesn't even have to commute. Oh, yeah, well. If, yeah. if you didn't have work to do around your house, imagine how bored you would be. Just like letting it fall into decay while you watch TV like a Wally person. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I can only do that for about two hours, and then the I see the dust, and I go, "Okay, time to time to get cracking." Can't sit here with the dust falling and staying around everywhere. Except I kind of do. Um, yeah, I mean, I understand being minimally motivated because you don't want to live in squalor. What I don't understand is is doing things well in advance of when they need to be done. Part of knowing you need to do something is that it's annoying you. I very yes. rarely do things before they annoy me so that they won't later. <laughs> I mean, it's probably better. I think it probably is like a more sane thing to do of like so that way you're not just like frustrated and then doing it all at once and then you're like oh, who let the, this get this way and you're like it was you all along. The you thing let is it get to the way that you don't like it and you're like oh, damn, I got me again. I got got by me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's two sides of the same coin because what I'm noticing is that it becomes a prison of its own, having lists of toil and tasks to do that, yes, they pre- prevent you from having a problem a year down the line, but they also give you an unnecessary problem today to do. And I don't think of I don't think of that as freedom because like, you know, freedom to me would be freedom to just be lost in my thoughts and like we've discussed before, like basically waste my time on imagination yes. or on making a drawing or like on just not not having to be engaged with rote tasks. That to me is not free. That to me is very, very shackled. And I and I'm just realizing I can really only speak for my dad, but I think it's true of a lot of people around here is that they just they do not feel that way. They do not operate that way. Downtime is not a valuable thing, psychically I mean, or or whatever. It's a very different sense of what leisure is, right? So, like the washing of the car feels like leisure time because you're taking care of like the toy that you got, right? Because you're like, oh, I got this thing that it's nice. It's a, this is my this was my treat, so I have to take care of it. And you're like, do, I mean, do you like? I mean, washing it, sure, but you could go to a car wash and it's tw- like, I think in Ohio it's ten dollars for a car wash. You could just do that. 
Um, but like, no, it's like, oh, they don't do the wax right. And it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Who fucking cares? Does it matter? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm particular. It's like, but you are not as good as the person who does this all day or the machine that does it that's calibrated specifically to do it. So I don't understand how you are better at this. It's like, no, no, no. I need to. That's It's like leisure time and tinkering time are the same things. Yeah, totally. I mean, what you're making me realize, and I, I wonder if you relate to this at all, is that I am not accustomed to caring for things like that because I own own nothing of value. When I, I think mean, when like, I think of it in my life, I'm like the only thing that would spur me to action is if I had a problem with my computer. I guess. But even then, you're just gonna be like, "Hi, Apple, can you you got this? Okay, I I, I just spent two hours schlepping to Apple to make a fucking genius. Well, mostly because this, I this. have no ability to fix it on my own. Otherwise, I might want to do that. I just don't. I just yeah. lack the skill. But like you're talking about with washing a car or whatever, it's like, yeah, I, I actually do sort of get that. That's part of your, uh, that's part of your leisure time is caring for the thing that you value. It's just I don't have anything I fucking value. I mean, but like, is that any different? Nothing. Like when we go and like, you know, polish canvases until they're like little white glass surfaces because we're like precious baby children and even now i don't even do that i'm like it was three we're good let's move yeah, on right, i don't right. have time for this no no but like, I, I i take your point i agree with you entirely it's just a substitute for that but it's like i would rather do the um sort of fully innovative unique and creative thing rather than the uh maintenance thing it's it is really the same task i think you're right but it doesn't feel to me in the same category as like washing your gutters out yeah i mean like but i I think also as people with, who like in day jobs do a lot of menial things like, you know, I, I love getting Zen. Like I loved getting Zen and being like, guys, if you need me, you see this fucked up table of t-shirts, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to be with this board. Don't talk to me for 45 minutes, figure it out. I'm going to go get Zen. And they're like, what? I'm like, nope, I don't hear you anymore. Nope. No, I don't hear anything. And I, I do the same thing now. I'm like, I'll be in the back for one hour and 25 minutes. And I'm like, why? I'm like, it looks messy. It's not right. And I need to just move the boxes. Let me move the boxes and they're going to be perfect. And I'm going to get real zen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to get zen and motorcycle maintenance bullshit, but this is actually the suburban thing that certain kind of like tinker bro be one with the universe while you're doing a manual activity because you're so divorced from this. But it's like, I, I just do it while I'm getting paid. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Same thing like when you're wrapping a painting, you're just like, I have to be very careful. I'm not thinking about anything else but this one thing and making sure that this float is beautiful. All right. And we're going to put it in the, in the I want to call it a carton. It's called a... Sea bin? Nope. What's the, the wood one? A crate. What, what's the wood? Uh, yeah, it's got to go in the crate. Got to measure it out. Got to measure twice. Drill once. All right, and it's done. And then you're like, oh, okay. And now I'm back. All right, what do we got to do? Got to move it. Okay, let's go. Right, right. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, I was I was being really judgmental about it before, but uh, that's probably just my business. I think you're I think you're exactly right. It's just taking pride in and like having your little Zen moments throughout the day, and it just is fixated on items that are unfamiliar to me. But I think the distinction of yeah. them not of of doing that at home rather than at work is a big one though too. Cuz I'm not sure that, that older, I never understand. I, I'm not sure that older generations are as familiar with their jobs being like menial or hands-on. 
unless of course you're a construction worker or you work on some sort of union line or something then you're very familiar with it but um i would wager that most suburban homeowners around here have white collar jobs and they're probably working from home right now so if you're in management and you haven't put your hands on anything in a long time or you do something in a digital form you're not getting any of that satisfaction from work because i don't think that you can get that from a screen I don't think arranging your icons on your desktop all day gives you the same satisfaction as arranging the boxes in the back room does. No, clickety clacketing is the worst thing in the entire goddamn world. No one loves a click like spending two hours clickety clacking. I'd rather not. I'd rather throw some boxes. A. The gut's real. I had to buy a thirty-four inch belt. Oh no. The pants are still a size 30, but the belt was very small, so I just went, okay, the belts are small. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the pants are still here, but and they're falling down, but why do I have to get a, a giant belt? I don't know. Um, but, you know, you at least get the added bonus of, like, some calisthenics versus, like, clickety-clack. All I hear is, like, my vertebrae going, we don't like this. You're hunched. Stop hunching. Yeah, um, I mean, there's definitely just something different about doing physical work of any kind whether it's like the endorphins that your body is releasing as a result of it or just the spatial feeling of moving around that it's obviously better that's just a biological thing from a uh, hundred millennia ago yeah probably it's probably yeah. some like uh neanderthal brain kicking in and you're like yeah this is better and you're like I, I guess i was that person who was like moving the rocks in the cave so like people could like walk or whatever like they're just like oh we want to we want to live back there okay I'll go I'm going to pick up the rocks now I'm going to put them by I'm going to put them by the front so we have like a door made out of rocks right yeah it's hard to remember there was no management in cavemen days they would just kill that guy that didn't work well no he would be the forager just like go go pick the flowers I don't know but that was also me like sitting in you know, left field going, ooh, clovers. Let me try and find a four-leaf one and pick them mm-hmm. out of the ground. On the sports ball so, team, you were the village idiot. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's what right field should be called. What? Village idiot. I mean, <laughs> it's not wrong. It's not wrong. I mean, you're just like, hi, can you just stand if you have to be here? And it's like... Maybe. I might sit down, too. I don't know. <laughs> no guarantees. I might have to pop a squat and uh, get a real close up on it. And, oh, there's a bee. I have to run. Why are you running? Stand still. Bee. Mm. Were there um, joyous parades in Ohio on Saturday or no? No, of course not. Nobody gives no gather- a shit. Nobody gives a shit except for pathetic liberals in big cities. No one cares. Well... I'm serious, man. It's really funny. You're you're not the only person to ask me that. And it was hilarious because I think I told you this in a text message, but I didn't even know that Biden had officially won until like five hours after it happened. Nobody here talks about it. Nobody cares. You know, the biggest thing that's been happening the last few days that I've noticed is that uh, the political signs are starting to come down. Ah. Uh, Which I wonder if that's happening in New York. Like, I guess there wasn't any Biden-Harris stuff to begin with. Um, one i found one right but people on both sides here not everyone but a large percentage of people have taken down the political signs and the christmas lights are going up yeah yeah that's you know yeah they put up their spooky yukis and then they put up their political signs for a week and now they're like all right get the get the glow lights let's do this yeah 
I mean, I think it just reinforces the idea that politics has just become more like sports for most people than anything, that it's like a purely aesthetic phenomenon that has no real like material weight and nobody believes that it can affect their lives. They just have a team that they root for and it's like, oh, too bad. He didn't win. Okay. Like, you know. I'm as guilty of it as anybody else, but in the lead up to the election, everyone's like, oh no, there's going to be violence, there's going to be riots, and nothing fucking happened, nothing at all. Yeah. So, you know, other than the liberals dancing, which just ended up being like funny. A and super spreader s- event all over the city, yes, yes. Absolutely. And also just kind of sad. Like, it, I was not mad at it or anything. When I was seeing those videos on Instagram, I was just like, oh man, this seems really forced. This doesn't seem authentic to me. Here's the thing. It was a it was a it was a combo, as I discussed with Gwen, because we were like, "Well, yeah, everyone's happy, but also like, it's a weekend in November where it's sixty five and sunny. Yeah. People will just go out anyway. We don't give a fuck. Like we we you know a little bit spurred on by that, but everyone's just like, yeah, it is nice. Let's just go somewhere and do something because it's fun. Oh, we get to take champagne with us. All right, like it. Basically, everyone who normally would have been at brunch at this time was in Prospect Park. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's sort of a similar thing that happened with the BLM stuff after George Floyd's murder, right? Is like most people participated in that. There was no champagne. No, 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 no. Not in the happy sense, but in the sense that people were brought out by more factors than just the inciting event. Like more people ended up participating in that stuff out of frustration with their circumstances and just wanting to get out and gather again than otherwise normally would have. I think that's undeniable. And I think you're right about this election partying was mostly just like, hey, fuck it. It's a nice weekend in November. We can ostensibly celebrate something, but really it's just an excuse to mass gather again since we're not allowed. Like, yeah, uh, you know, kind of. The other thing that I wanted to say, too, is like, I think it is worth separating the idea that a lot of people are just celebrating because they're happy that Trump lost and not necessarily because Biden won. Yes. I don't even know if like in New York, especially it felt really conflated because people were holding signs and stuff from what I saw. Like, but whatever, I just want to throw it out there that like, I guess I don't begrudge anybody for being happy that Trump lost. Although I don't even know if I can back my own statement up a hundred percent. Cause like who cares? What difference does it make? It's it's hard it's hard for me to accept that like it would give anybody a feeling, but obviously it did. So fine, whatever. It's, it's not it's not the joy of winning. You're right. It's not the joy of it's winning because no one feels like they won. It's just the joy of watching defeat, and the joy of the four season the four seasons uh, gardening moment. Oh yeah, that was very funny. It's just too good. That's just. But you I know mean, what? No one could write that better. I'm like how. Wow. Wow, the right again, the shitty meme of wow, the writers of 2020 are really just working overtime. Wow. Oh yeah. I mean, but that's how you know that everyone's going to miss Trump when he's gone. Like some of the funniest memeing to me in the last uh week or so has been a, a lot of these posts that are like sad-looking Trump that are like sort of uh inspirational phrases of like let miss people me when miss I'm you. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh they'll come back to you later or whatever. I genuinely think like stories like the four seasons thing reinforce the idea that like everybody's going to kind of miss this guy. Even the libs that yelled and scream about him, like they will rehabilitate his reputation and be like, ah, he wasn't a fascist. He was funny at least like blah, blah, blah. Some of that will start to happen. I guarantee you I've already seen it from hysterical uh, rising tide of fascism posters in my own friend circle 
that are like maybe he wasn't that bad and it's like okay all right here we go already it doesn't even take a couple days for that to happen it so. hasn't even it's been a week and a day and no from the what no sunday monday it's been four days and people are already like well the entertainment value is just not there anymore yeah exactly like, what okay because again pol- uh. politics has has devolved simply into aesthetics nobody believes that it is, it is a uh, way of changing your society anymore so no matter what side you're on everybody's owned because you know the future is marching in whatever direction it's marching in, in spite of our protestations, in spite of our support for one candidate or another. And everybody knows this. I think that's why the partying felt sad to me was like, if you're partying just because somebody else lost, like you would never teach your kid to do that. That is dark. Like that is bleak. That is not a uh, positive sign in any direction. It just says that everyone is hopeless. The best you can do is party for defeat. That's bad. You know, well, I mm, be, well, it's mostly because the rest of it's not going to be a party like the Oh, because, again, no one won. No one's feeling like a winner. It's just, well, we did that. It's like that's it's a shallow victory. So it is a little like the bittersweetness of it all is very high. Um, I don't I, I learned that uh, my uncle had a small Trump sign in his yard. And then it was too small, so we had to order a bigger one. And then once the bigger one came, my mom called me and was like, yeah, we're not doing Thanksgiving over there because this one, no, he's going to be a fucking nightmare and we're not dealing with it. So, like, there is that kind of little bit of contention that, like, like that's where you kind of go, like, these seeds of contention have been, which were kind of always there to begin with. Um, are now just again in the light and it's like what's going to happen now are they going to go away again and then we're going to have like this different kind of rising tides of you know angry white men of the world you know like i don't know i don't know if that's worth celebrating it's better to have the dirty laundry like in front of you yeah i mean i I, don't know i i I think i think it's a little bit it's hard to talk about this, but it, it's a it's a little bit bad that the political conversation will like go into the shadows again, um, because I don't think the reactionary strain of American conservatism is going anywhere. Obviously, it'll just go underground like it did during the Obama years and fester into something worse, like exactly what happened all over again. I mean, it's this hyper normalization, man, like I described before, where there's just no feeling like anything can change. So the same exact things keep happening, but slightly different and more accelerated the next time. And that's what we're getting ourselves into here again. Um, people that supported Trump will just kind of the crazier ones will uh, loudly disavow Joe Biden. And the more normal ones will just kind of shut up for a while and then end up voting for the next person to come along. Nobody's going to change sides anymore. Like, well, there is no such thing as that. Well, it wasn't it kind of nice to have... Um, this is going to be very bleak. Um, but wasn't it nice to have um, people with machine guns just kind of flashing them around but not mowing down school children for a couple years? I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> Did that actually... Ha- were there no schools? I don't know. No, there were still more. Like, uh, it was more show violence and not, like, actual... No, there was still a lot. I take that back. Never mind. No, I mean, I like, I the Mandalay point, Bay shooting happened early in Trump's administration, right? Like, I mean... I don't... I truly... 
time has now compressed to the point where I'm like, I don't know when things happened. Well, I think people make the mistake of, of like gun-toting people showing up or um, mass shootings happening or something as if these are correlated to political parties or certain political movements. I would offer that they're not at all, that these are symptoms of a decaying like societal infrastructure in general that would be happening regardless of the media narrative and regardless of who is in charge. Um well, yeah, that's, I'm trying to get at the point of like, well, we were afraid of the people showing off the guns when it's like, well, in in the background of everything, all like actual violence was perpetrated, like, you know, greater harm was being perpetrated throughout most of the 2000s, but no one did anything about it. But now we're, right. I don't, I don't know, we're looking askance at it, but it's like, well, we, were we not looking askance the whole time and we didn't do anything? Why didn't we do anything? when you had the opportunity with a fully controlled Senate and house and white house, you could have done something then, but you chose not to. And now it's like, Oh, are we going to do that again? I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the constant criticism of the Obama years basically is why didn't you do anything when you had the mandate? And I mean, there is no response to that. Uh, The answer is because the democratic party are not good guys. And even though the media tells you over and over again that they are, they aren't. And even though the media tells you to be scared when there's a Republican in office and not be scared when a Democrat's in office, the violence is there all the same. And the people with the guns and the amount of shootings are only going to increase under Joe Biden in the same sense that they would have increased under a second Trump term. It'll just be a question Mm. of how it's framed. And it will be framed as uh, the rising tide of fascism still or the specter of Donald Trump still, because that's an effective to keep a tactic to keep people voting for Democrats. That doesn't say anything about where any of this stuff comes from at the root. Um, where it comes from at the root is, well, you know, actual well, policy. Know. Yeah, yeah, is actual policy, which is meaningfully not different on either side. the The best way I've heard this described in the last few days since the election, since our last recording. You watched a couple of them with me, but you know Matt Chrisman from Chapo does those solo streams. Mm-hmm. He did a three-part so far, real magnum opus on you know diagnosing our political situation and why the election results are the way they are. It's quite complicated, but the takeaway that I have that I think fits my thinking perfectly and I think would map onto yours as well, maybe our listeners, is what the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are, basically, are the party of don't be an asshole or the party of don't be a pussy. That's all that they represent. The policies at the end of the day are the same. Kids in cages. We're going to have kids in cages, okay? Are you going to be an asshole about it or are you going to be a pussy about it, right? Medicare for all. We're not going to have it. You going to be an asshole about it or are you going to be a pussy about it? Right? Like every issue you think about, that maps onto it perfectly and that represents both parties. You going to have social security when you and I are older? No, you're not going to get it. You going to be an asshole about it or are you going to be a pussy about it? And I think the reason that the Democrats suck so bad is all they can do is tell you, "Hey, your life is going to get worse. Don't be an asshole about it. Don't complain. Somebody else has it worse than you do at all times." This is where the privilege conversation comes from. Well, because then it's a matter of also like, well, why does someone have it worse than I do? Because why of their race. Doing, because why aren't of you their doing gender. any? Yeah. What What are we doing for them? It's like, well, no, no, no. 
no, we have our power because they're worse than you and we're better than you. Like, yet, no, we're keeping the the strata alive and well and just can you just shut up about it and like kind of take it you you don't want a medical bill you don't want to walk into a thing walk into an office when you have a cough and then just automatically move into the next room to get like a chest x-ray and pay three dollars actually i do want that can i i I can has that like (laughs) that sounds great like doesn't that sound like that would make some gerbs like you know if you had to kind of retrofit all of these things and make new medical equipment and like pay doctors money. Oh, I don't know, uh, but not force them into prestige and not like kind of like just send the worst doctors to underfunded neighborhoods. Cause you're like, well, you were kind of shitty and you didn't get a residency at uh, Johns Hopkins. So like, we're obviously not going to put you in fucking Duluth. Mer- Is that in Maryland? Duluth, Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, <laughs> They start with M. I don't fucking know geography. Um, like, you know, that kind of stress strata stratification also wouldn't happen. Um, no, again, but, it goes back to the same formula, right? Oh, yes. you want you want actual you want actual uh, public funding and material change and redistribution within your medical system. You're not going to get it. You're going to be an asshole about it and constantly complain because you, you don't get anything from it. Or you're going to be a pussy about it and also complain. Right. Like it's the same. It's the same equation. The Republicans are appealing to people that didn't go to college because they haven't been indoctrinated into cosmopolitan values and internalized the idea that, oh, if you help everyone in society, regardless of their demographic, the rising tide raises all boats. Right. Like for better or worse, you and I are in the don't be an asshole category. Even if you complain about feckless liberals or whatever, you, you and I are still one of them. I've absorbed those values. Like, I believe in equal rights for all people. That's why we're not Republicans. But the reason so many people are Republicans is only one third of people went to college and absorbed those values. Everybody else says, I don't want to be a pussy. I'm not going to be a fucking pussy about this. If there's going to be kids in cages, great. I support it because I'm not a pussy. And I think you could see that dynamic in America so clearly. And what that means at the end of the day is that politics has just been disconnected. It's been disconnected from fundamentally changing anything. We used to think of politics as a way of like organizing a society. It was one layer of that stack. You organized your economy and your politics, your political economy, and that's how you directed your civilization one way or another. Now the civilization and its direction are on rails. It's automatic. It's going in the same direction. And you're either an asshole about it or you're a pussy about it. And I Do think that's the best speed rail system in this or no? Or is no, that of course not. Too? Oh, man. They're metaphorical rails. Oh, you want a high-speed rail system? Well, you know, the black community in Oakland doesn't get that. Don't be an asshole. Oh, you want a high-speed rail system? Well, that's some socialist bullshit. Don't be a pussy. Drive your car. But I don't want to drive. I want to nap in, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a giant train. I want it to be like, you know, murder on the Orient Express, but like without the murder and faster. That's how fast I want to get to L.A. In, in the same amount of time. On land. Uh... But without, with maybe a little more leg room. Is that so much to ask? I just want a little leg room maybe to be able to sleep fully horizontal. Oh, are you kidding me? What I wouldn't, what I wouldn't give for a sleeping car on a bullet train. It sounds great. Can I have that? Like, I want it. Like, it could be like one of those weird, like, Tokyo hotel rooms where they're like, well, it's just a porthole and just squeeze in there. And it's like, well, this is what, like, tour buses are anyway. So, like, sure. I'll take my little bunk. That would be so gross. Americans are disgusting, though. That, oh, that would never work. Well, you need to hop on Ugh. steamer and find a Spanish otter so you can move to Europe. No. Have you ever met a Spaniard? 
Mm-hmm. Douchebags. Terrible in bed. And douchebags. Oh, interesting. Well, I didn't know you'd slept with a Spaniard. I, I've never slept with a Spaniard, but the ones that I've met have been delightful, to tell you the truth. I liked them both quite oh, a bit. Oh, from Barcelona. Oh, nice. Douchebag. Douche. Um, the original Lisp. The original kings <laughs> of Lisp. I thought that was Ibiza. <laughs> it's not Ibiza. It was Barcelona. Either way, I think it's I think it's that Catalan uh, limp wristedness. I mean, they're the people who are like, yeah, we like the Anthony Gaudi. Look at this ugly building. It's not done. And you're like, the fuck is wrong with you? It's disgusting. Stop. Just stop. No one no one wants it. Oh, come on. I love that building. Why? Regatta Familia or whatever. Yeah. Sagrada Familia. Siga- yeah. Sagrada Regatta Familia. That was some New Jersey uh, Italian-American gothic Yeah, I want pool. some of that uh, Ricotta Familia, you know, <laughs> that family cheese. And you're like, ew, no one wants family cheese. Thank you very much. That's disgusting. Um no, it's so ugly. It's the ugliest building. Oh, I don't know. I don't care, really. I, I just, I think it's not, I, whatever. It's creative. It's unique. Who gives a shit? But, like, Palazzo Chupi is also unique in being a pink hut on the middle of, like, a warehouse. Yeah, building, I like that building, too. Well, you just have bad taste, then. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more, <laughs> architecturally, your taste is trash. Um, well, hey, man, I'm, Medi- I'm Mediterranean. We like that Baroque type of shit, you know? It looks like those, like, you know, like when you make a, a sand tower, like with the wet sand on your finger? Yeah, like yeah. Poopy tower? Yeah, that's gross. That's why it's cool. No one wants poopy tower buildings, no. It's organic. I think you're wrong about this. I fully am not. I, no. Because why is a building that was designed 100 years ago and they're still like, we don't know how to make this because this makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a lot like he was like the original Frank Gehry. He just like scribbled on a napkin and was like, get this done. And they were like, we'll try. Okay. And I don't know. At least Frank Gehry was like, I don't know. I hire people to make this work. This trash, this waste paper basket with paper sticking out. Y'all got that? Done. <laughs> Great. Great. Oh, he could make a model. They were bad, but could still do it. Yeah. Perhaps. I forget why we're talking about Gaudi right now. Oh, Spaniards. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to find a Spaniard to marry so you can get on a high speed train. That's why. Yeah, I don't want to. No, no. Rather find a Frenchie. Look at the black and white stripes that Ugh. are warring on the screen. You know, you eat a baguette. You walk around. You smoke galoises. Like you only drink red wine. It sounds like heaven. Take me to a farm somewhere in the French lands. You go to the beach for, th- you know, a whole month out of the year. It sounds great. Except I'm too fat to go there now because the horizontal stripes will look bad. 